My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. So I'm joined today by rising star comedian, TikTok star, Mark Bittlestone. Mark, how are you? Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And you've taken an odyssey to get here. I have, yeah. There's tube strikes, been tube strikes today. And I just classically looked up the route a few weeks ago and it was like 45 minutes. I was like, no problem. (laughs) And then, yeah, left my house, tube strikes. I've taken a bus, I've taken three trains, but I'm here. I'm sure there's a song that mirrors your journey um, today, but thanks thanks for joining. Definitely. So we're going to hear more about you Mm. and your mum. I want to kickstart us with a story about my mum. So if you've listened to the podcast, if anyone's listening new, I have quite an eccentric mum. She's called Teresa. She's wonderful and I love her. We grew up in Bradford, Mm. in a very working class area, and our neighbours were quite the sort of mix of people. We had one in particular who was called Adele, and Adele was a sort of a part-time sort of Avon lady, whatever the kind of the working class version of Avon was, that was her. She'd go around with her catalogues and she'd drop them off Mm. at people's houses and including my mum. And now we didn't have two pennies to drop together as a family when we were growing up. So my mum would make any excuse she could not to have to buy anything from Adele's, you know, whatever it was, catalogue. So they would range from we're vegan, we were vegan. We need to be sure that the products weren't tested on animals. My dad's a Muslim, my mum's a Catholic, so she'd be like, oh, it's not halal. Mm. Like, she was pulling all of the excuses out mm. to, like, get out of being bullied into buying stuff. But she did eventually buy one thing, and it's the weirdest reason why. So Adele, we hadn't heard from Adele in, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And I think I was home from school, and my sister was as well. And we turned on Jeremy Kyle on, I think it was on ITV or Channel 5 at that point. And Adele was on there. And she was on there. It was, it was a bit of a really odd one. So she was on there as a guest on an episode called I Beat My Husband. And she was an incredibly large woman. Right. Like she was sort of four people wide and quite tall as well. And so she was sat down across two chairs on the Jeremy Carl stage and Jeremy Carl sort of does his usual thing, kind of baits her a little bit and then brings out her, not quite husband, but her partner who is like rakish thin and she bursts out crying and like she's very remorseful about it and he's like, oh, you know, she just hits me when she gets angry or when she's hungry. And mm. I was like, okay, great. My mum felt so bad for Adele and the kind of ribbing that she got on Jeremy Carl that she finally succumbed to buying some hand cream mm. from the catalogue. And my question to you, Mark, is what would you have done in said situation and what would Mark's mum have done? What I enjoy about the story is that your mum saw that programme and thought, it's Adele, not Adele's husband that needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should help the abuser. <laughs> yeah. She's enabled the abuser by means of hand cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what? My mum herself came from a, a really working class background and grew up in like Cheam in, in southwest London. But 
married my dad who like went to private school and as you can probably tell from my voice sort of passed that on to me and so she spent like certainly she didn't I don't think she like looked down necessarily on her own upbringing but she always wanted she wanted us to have like a very middle class upbringing so I think she would have if she had been watching kind of what she would have called daytime TV mm, like mm. that. She would have like been furious with herself or with us. She'd have been like, why aren't you doing Sudokus? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, she would not have been watching Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. Or yeah. any TV during the daytime. Yeah, exactly. Okay. She, would have, she wouldn't have allowed herself to. And can you sort of paint us a picture of your mum, but don't mm. tell me her name. I want to try and guess it based sure. on the description. Sure. Yeah, so she grew up in, yeah, quite a working class house and had parents met during the war and then her dad was kind of an alcoholic for a bit and in and out of the sort of family home and so her upbringing was quite unstable but she got into like a grammar school in Merton southwest London and then kind of did well there but I think was kind of she mainly did well off sort of off her own back sort mm. of her so she did in my perspective unfortunately have quite like a Thatcherite outlook on Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, she... Like, how so? Like, she was kicking minors and... Not so much. Yeah, literally. (laughs) She was with the police on the (laughs) top, smashing the picket line. I think more because she was one of those individual, Mm. like, few success stories, you know, Mm. plucked through the grammar school system. So for her, it worked, Mm. you know, even though that obviously represents a tiny minority. And so she did kind of think that actually that's representative of the majority and hard work Mm. can get you through. And it's actually quite hard to argue against that kind of, you know, when, you know, she has the lived experience of yeah. being successful. Sorry, I used the past tense. My mum's actually passed away. Oh, sorry. That's all right. It's not your fault, but... <laughs> or it okay. is, maybe it is. Christ, don't put that <laughs> on my shoulders. Yeah, oh, yeah. my Lord. But, yeah, so she was, like, very much about sort of hard work and that kind of thing. So she, yeah, got a job, ended up going to York University, did history, which is also the degree I did. Mm. And she, at York as well? Not at York, okay. at Cambridge, so fuck you, man. Oh, wow! <laughs> okay, just drop that in there casually. You were waiting for me to ask that question, weren't you? 100%. Okay. Also, this is such a bugbear of me when people go on other podcasts. They always wait to swear and then ask if it's okay to swear. <laughs> yeah. is that, that just is do it. it. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. already done, isn't it? <laughs> My dad was a very, he's passed away as well, actually. Mm. So it's quite a morbid podcast mm. already. But he is a funny guy. And I think she married him because he used to make her laugh. And definitely we used to laugh a lot. Me and my mum used to, weirdly, I don't know why, we talked to each other in, you know, that like Mrs. Doubtfire sort of <laughs> lowland Scottish kind of tweed, tweed. We I don't know why, neither, like. Like, do you have any Scottish, Scottish heritage? We do have heritage. Like, okay. Her dad was Scottish Canadian, but like, yeah. not you know, going back generations. So, but yeah, we'd walk around hosts like this, talk to each other like this. <laughs> um, I think like a fly. I mean, I never told her I was gay, but like, I'd be walking around the house like age thirteen, going like, "Mother dear, could you pass me some tomatoes?" <laughs> like, um, she knew. Yeah, she I think knew. she probably knew. If it's not too much of a question, when yeah, yeah. did both your parents pass? Is it when you were an adult? When I was, so my mum died when I was 17 mm. and then my dad four years later when I was 21. Mm. I'm 29 now. So, wow. So seven, eight years ago. I think you're the first person of that age mm. I've met without both parents still with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool, 
okay yeah. you're wearing it as a badge right as you should <laughs> how's that sort of like shaped i've just got a million questions mark mm, in all honesty mm, and mm. if any of them get too personal just tell no, me that's absolutely all, fine yeah. how did they shape you as a kid and how mm. have you been shaped not quite by their absence but the fact that mm. they're not there their legacy i suppose is probably yeah, why i yeah. would ask it yeah i think it's a great question i think my life up to i mean forever has been incredibly privileged but like certainly up to 16 like in very very privileged i grew up in like a leafy suburb of london mm. went to like a really good private school parents like emotionally available so i think like by the age of 16 i wasn't really prepared <laughs> at all for any form of trauma i don't know like running out of avocado was probably the worst thing that sort of <laughs> It is a trauma. That is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be like, <laughs> not to that, to belittle that. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, it was then a very like rude awakening to, mm. you know, actually the real world is like, you know, pain and trauma and stuff. And so I think in some ways that has, you know, by the age that I am now, I'd almost not, obviously not happy it happened, but. I think I would certainly be, if my life, if nothing bad had ever happened, I think I'd be smaller minded maybe mm. than I am now. But I think I definitely had to get used to doing stuff like almost overnight sort mm. of for myself. I mean, my mum got ill when I was 16. So I went from being quite like spoon fed as a mm. kid to just all of a sudden like having this basically complete and utter independence. Wow. Like I would just be able to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. My dad all of a sudden like quit his job and started like, looking after my mom and so I just literally wow. was fair game yeah and so yeah that was kind of quite liberating but I think not having any fallback ever after that period more emotional than anything else is like quite tiring I mean like one example would be during the pandemic lots of my friends mm. sort of went back and hold up with their parents although why they wanted to do that yeah. I don't know <laughs> that would be yeah, it's terrible but I was like I don't think you guys necessarily get it this ability to like fall back on mm. or call your parents or like have them around or even sometimes to tell you you know give you advice on stuff and when you got all that sort of cliff edge of independence mm. as you say because it's very sudden mm. how did that affect you because I think instinctively if you said that to people or anyone said that to people a lot of people say, God, you must have done some crazy stuff because mm. you didn't have those guardrails in place. Yeah, yeah. Was that the same? Yeah, I mean, I think partly because it happened, there's a real, there's a, like a person within me that really just wants to like fuck it all and go mental mm. and like, I don't know, just like go and live in Costa Rica or like mm. go on like a drug fuel bender for like 10 months or whatever. Oh, Jesus. I know, yeah. Like, or like this like devil, but because I'm like, oh just fuck it all do you know what I mean they died and I'm sort of angry about it mm. but then kind of on the other side I'm like oh you know they were lovely parents and like I wouldn't actually want to do that because that would make them really sad mm. and I think like having that total free reign is quite liberating in a way I mean for example I think I think they would be proud of like me being a comedian and stuff mm. but I think it would have been like over the last five six years maybe of like getting started it would have been hard to yeah. justify to them why I wasn't like yeah. pursuing quote-unquote a proper career do you yeah. know what I mean like every, I would have probably looked forward to seeing them but also I would have like dreaded the inevitable questions like have you got a proper job yeah what what would your mum and your dad have defined as like a proper job she was always she basically wanted us all to be bankers <laughs> she was like <laughs> just get fucking rich there is do you know what there is it's I completely understand what you mm. just said and 
By the way, what's your mum's name? Jean. Jean. I was going to say Margaret or Anne for some they, reason. Be, those, anyway. those are in the same ballpark. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of. Anyway, I completely get the, I suppose, I don't know whether it's psychology or perspective anyway, mm. of Jean in that respect. Because my greatest fear is not having money again. Yeah. Not that I have money, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm all right. And the only way to, and this is a very irrational thing, the only way to not have that risk mm. in your life is to be fantastically wealthy. Yeah, yeah. Or at least, you know, like secure enough that you don't have to worry about money, which yeah, is yeah. a high bar. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a very high bar. Sure. So you can understand like why in particular parents, mm. in this case Gene, from those sorts of backgrounds, yeah, working yeah. class backgrounds, really want to push their kids hard. Like it's only like as an adult that I'm like, oh fuck, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But then I think my dad, who had kind of grown up with you know, sort of silver spoon in his mouth, although with quite emotionally distant parents. Mm. I think he would have been, although he didn't really say it out loud because I think it would have pissed my mum off so much. I think he was, like, he would have secretly wanted one of us at least to do something mm. a bit different, a bit cool. I mean, my mum actually died a week before my A-levels started and I still did them. Did pretty awesome. well, <laughs> and, then, wow, okay. and then and then my dad. Do you know what I was? This is such gallows humor, but honestly, my dad then died a fortnight before my finals. Oh God! And I was literally like, "Is this some sort of like sick joke?" I was like, "I'm like, is this going to happen every time I do like exams?" Exam, so yeah. I haven't actually done any since. But then I just you know I did those and again did really well. So I was like, "Do you know what? I think I can." Once you've kind of done wow. that, you have, I'm just like, screw it. Whatever happens, I can sort of deal with it. Do you know what I mean? When you think about your mum in particular now, what memories, not necessarily now now, but like mm. generally, what do you remember about her? What memories come through? Yeah, well, I think there was a period in like the two or three years before she died when my other siblings had all left the house and my dad was away in bits and bobs for work where she and I became really close mm. and we'd watch we really had like there's like three main things that we watched we used to watch rugby together on tv <laughs> <laughs> and we used to watch like x factor slash britain's got talent Love. together yeah and the apprentice as well yeah. it was really like it was the golden days of the apprentice this yeah. is now like 15 years ago like the uh, the first yeah. three four series which was so golden like katie hopkins era yeah, yeah. So we used to, we bonded so much over like watching that together and we kind of became like best mates during that period. And as I said, we wander around the house like chatting to each other in this weird Scottish accent. <laughs> this is downfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the point where like my friend, and I'd also call her in that accent. I didn't, I said mum earlier because I knew you wanted me to, me to hold back the name, but I'd call her Jean. So my Jean. friends would come over and I'd be like, oh, Jean, what are we having for dinner? And they'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is so, so weird. So definitely that period was a really sweet period. And I think one of the sad things about like losing them is not, we were just on the cusp of like having an adult relationship mm. with each other, sort of like mm. an actual friendship as opposed to like, you know, her sort of shouting at me and stuff. Just, you know, sad not to have had that develop. But I've got lots, you know, some really lovely memories. One I was thinking about on the train here was when we were on holiday in somewhere in like one of the Greek islands. I might have been like five or something. And she had this very sort of like 1920s swimming technique. Like it was, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to envisage it. It's this breaststroke, but you know how like women 
you know, I don't know, like before the Second World War, when they played tennis, they technically, they weren't allowed to perspire. Right, yeah. It was very that. It was this very, like, stiff breaststroke. Really? Did her... the water, there were no ripples from exactly. the water, it was just completely calm and around her. head, her, yeah. like, fully above water at all time. <laughs> She'd wear this, like, denim, like, bucket hat. Yeah. Which, like, sounds cool. It's almost, like, would be cool now, but really, like, wasn't then. So yeah. In the 90s. And she would do this like every morning for like 20 minutes, like laps to the point where the whole, by the end of the week, like all the kids in the hotel would point at her and chant little old lady. Little old lady. Oh no, poor Jean in her denim bucket hat. I know, just doing laps. So we'd, yeah, little old lady was sort of one of her nicknames. (laughs) What would she do as your mum? as an adult, that would embarrass you as a kid? Well, funnily enough, she was sort of, she had the role of, like, not the embarrassing one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Our dad was really the embarrassing one. Classic dad. Exactly. And he fit all of those stereotypes. Like, he'd tell, like, dad jokes and... Like he, if he'd give us lifts somewhere and he was telling dad jokes and we weren't laughing, he'd be like, I'm not a taxi service. <laughs> and at like dinner parties and stuff, he would like, he'd be the one, like he'd get drunk and stuff. But my mum was much more like the sort of, and she, you know, took it in good spirits, but she was sort of the more sensible one, mm. to be fair. Mm. But also we sort of like all preferred my mum. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> not in like a mean way. So you know way. how parents are like, no, 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 we don't have favourites. The kids did. Yeah, not in like a mean way. But like if it was like, I don't know, like one of, yeah, one of them is staying in, we'd always just be like, oh, I really hope it's mum. Yeah, it's mum. Yeah. yeah. Even though she was like more, weirdly, even though she was like more strict, it was just like, yeah, more fun to be around. Well, nights in watching X Factor and Britain's Got Talent yeah. sound pretty. Yeah, exactly. Pretty Whereas cool. if if it was a night in with my dad, he'd be like in his study to do some weird work. Oh wow! Yeah, you're really painting this very <laughs> kind of quaint English family. Yeah, like that? vibes. What was that? I always ask my guests if there were a biopic about your mom's life, who mm. would play your mom. But I'm kind of tempted to say it sounds like Robin Williams playing Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> would play a mum, right? Do you know what? My mum was actually really fit. Physically or in a kind fit, of... Fit as in yeah. hot, as in Really? Pretty. Yeah, yeah. Like I, a sort of Bond girl or... Yeah, I feel wow. like that in her youth. I sh- can I go and get my phone? And Please. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, this is <laughs> this is a first for the podcast. We're having a visual stimulus on the podcast. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me try and find... So that's fine. Let me find some appropriate photos. I don't have any inappropriate <laughs> photos of my mum. I just want to make that super clear. But yeah, let me find. She was, I think she was really good looking. I mean, this is her. Let's see if we've got her and me. Got her and my dad. That's her. She's 60 there. Wow. I love her. <laughs> oh, she looks fantastic for yeah, 60. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's her 60. I wonder if I've got any to hand of her. I'm also loving the kind of white shirt, black background. Like aesthetic. Staged photo. Yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What I'm imagining, having, having seen a picture of your mum age 60 with your dad, both in white shirts, it's like a sort of a Farrah Fawcett, Jane Fonda kind of vibe, like younger, obviously. Yeah? yeah? Younger, I'd say those. And if older, I think it would have to be Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen Mirren. Oh, wow. Yeah, and That's she would do it. Choice. She'd do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fully. Yeah. Fully. Well, like Helen that. Mirren is famous for, I say famous, latterly famous for just being incredibly svelte for a mm. woman in her 
70s? Is she saying oh, in her 70s? Helen, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Helen. Saying Real like you know name. her, yeah. yeah. first name terms, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and what about a sort of fictional mum that is most like your mum, is most like Jean? Yeah, it's a good question. I think maybe, it's going to make her sound like a bumpkin, but no, do you know what? I was going to say Mrs. Weasley, but that's just not. Oh. It's just actually not it, really. Really? Well, yeah. my mum... Yeah, she, my mum did cook, but she didn't really, she didn't enjoy like fussing over yeah. us, I don't think. So actually not Mrs. Weasley at all. <laughs> I think she sort of evades stereotypes a little bit because she like was quite strict and yeah, did always like, want us to work really hard and stuff. Mm. And the times that I saw her angry it would always be over like not doing any homework or like watching too much football. What did an angry Jean not look like, but how did that manifest? It was quite scary. To was be it? Fair. I mean, <gasps> was it like sort of Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, where she yeah, gets, where she gets sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she did once genuinely make me and my brother wash our mouths out with soap, <laughs> not even as like <laughs> stop it, really. Yeah, actually. actually wow, what like, did like, you do? Victorian punishment. We'd normally act up like when my dad was away for work. Mm. We, were, we were more scared of him, and I mean, a couple of times he did slipper me on the bum. Still that in a thing. kind of like gentle or like a full on no full on wow yeah, this is like the late nineties so yeah probably other listeners have you know sort of stories to tell as well but to be fair my I remember my oldest brother <laughs> when he heard about it telling my dad that if he did it again we would all call the NSPCC <laughs> and so genuinely my dad stopped he was genuinely scared of yeah uh, well I think by retribution then, by like two thousand yes. Yeah. Just like illegal, yeah, <laughs> fully looked fully, on as yeah. child yeah. violence, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, both of my parents could lose their tempers and like, yeah, get angry. And my mum had a really strange. I'm not sure if it's a punishment. We're going to call it a punishment because mm. I was reflecting on what you said. Where I think when I was about fourteen or fifteen, around that kind of age. So I'd hit puberty. This is relevant. I'll save one in a second. And I was like angsty with her or we like got into a big like argument, a shouting argument. In, I think, <laughs> partly exasperation, she would say to me, you're obviously sexually frustrated. Go to your room and have a wank. Oh my God. And there was something so disarming about yeah. that. Because you're like, what the fuck? And obviously the argument would just stop. Yeah. And it was punishment because then I would go to my room, <laughs> know that she would think yeah. I was so like, you, you whatever. And it's around <laughs> that time that I first learned about a Swedish word, which I think would aptly describe the state I would be in had I gone to my room and had a wank mm. in that situation. And the Swedish word is grotrunk which literally translates as cry-wanking. Oh, my God, amazing, <laughs> amazing. It's a strange form of punishment. Is it even a punishment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's actually so clever from your mum. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, that manages to, like, take the sting out of it <laughs> in, like, one fell swoop. It's so gross hearing your mum. It's like your mum acknowledging that you're a sexual person is yeah. so horrendous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it sends shivers down my spine. My dad, I mean, not that, but... He's the most annoying thing that my dad used to say regularly would be, you're clearly overtired. Do you ever get that? Overtired? Oh, like whenever you 
we're acting up or anything, be like, you're obviously overtired. <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, like, shut up. Yeah. Talk to me about what you do now for Christmas, since we are in the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, it's always a bit mixed, but I know I'm going to... My sister and... My older sister and brother both have kids, so... I mean, yeah, obviously the last two, three years have been weird at Christmas. Two Christmases ago for the COVID one, it was just me and my middle brother. Wow. And we watched all three Lord of the Rings and got hammered. It was actually great. Love. Yeah, it was really <laughs> good. I don't remember it's ever. But no, I'm really lucky. My mum's brother, so me and my uncle on her side, we're really close to all those cousins. And there's probably like 15, 20 of us, including like kids wow. and other halves and stuff. So normally we'd all get together, but yeah, it's all been a bit mixed the last couple of years. And I think this Christmas I'm at my sister's, but I'm really close to my three siblings. So that's really nice. And how much of your mom and your dad do you see in them? Yeah, lots. I mean, like my oldest brother is a massive control freak. Mm. And that's much more dads then? Or yeah, much... exactly. Yeah, okay. That was my dad's vibe completely. But then... My sister looks quite a lot like my mum and her daughter looks exactly like kind of my mum did as a wow. kid. And, you know, like my sister's quite compassionate as well. So she's got some my mum in her too. Yeah. I realise I've only really spoken about my mum being this like strict witch. She was like sweet and compassionate as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really, you know, nice when you can see that in your siblings. This is obviously a hypothetical question. Mm. If your mum saw your TikTok mm. repertoire. Mm. What would be the conversations you would have over a glass of wine when you went home? Yeah, I think she'd be like, gosh, you're pushing the gay angle quite hard. <laughs> pushing the gay angle would be quite hard. <laughs> um, That's a wonderful turn of phrase, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, it's a great question. I think she'd, yeah, I mean, her generation in general, like how much do they understand or guess or TikTok? It'd be horrendous to like, know that she was like potentially watching them you don't want your mom on tiktok exactly. i think no one wants a mom no, on tiktok exactly stay on facebook yeah that's yeah, what it's exactly. there for yeah exactly so in a way yeah like her you know not being around means she doesn't have to be like oh i loved explaining lube to a straight guy <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> like cool <laughs> actually you just reminded me another strangely sexual based story about my mum so I think every man maybe a lot of women but certainly every man has a moment where their parents discover some pornography mm -hmm. I don't know about like kids now but like it's only like whatever back when and we didn't have a computer growing up but when I was a teenager my mum got this like really shitty second hand computer and it was dial-up, whatever, yada, yada, mm. yada. And so to, I don't know why I'm saying this out loud, but anyway, to avoid having to wait mm. for the very slow loading of pictures, I would save them in a yeah. folder that was sort of suspiciously named No Name or mm. something. Anyway, whatever. She found it and she had a really odd turn of phrase. Mm. She said, Paul, I found some stuff on the computer that pertained more to you than it does to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, so embarrassing. But like, everyone has, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. no one talks about, well, I don't know, maybe you do when you're drunk, but like, no one talks about that kind of shared experience of mm, mm. dying of embarrassment yeah, when yeah. your parents know, they just know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I fortunately was never sort of caught, as it were, but I don't know if any of my siblings were, but there were definitely like a couple of times. I remember we had a, computer like in the corner of the sitting room 
but it was in a slight blind spot from the door, like kind oh. of round like a pillow, which is mm. great. But I, <laughs> which is great. Which is great. <laughs> but I do remember a couple of times the door opening and like the incredible haste with which I had to like close yeah. windows and yeah. stuff. And then be like, oh, just doing my homework. <laughs> <laughs> but as time went on, you know, it became easier and easier mm. to hide it. I mean, yeah. as you were saying, if there's like, there weren't even floppy disks. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, very good. Hard disk. But yeah, I mean, by the time I was looking at porn, we had broadband. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have, you didn't know the struggle. But you know, no, I still, I do remember dial up to be fair. I used to love it actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. sort of little jingle yeah, that you get. Yeah, and my dad would be like moaning about the fax machine and like, because oh, it was all like God. one line. Yeah, wasn't it, it was, wasn't it? My dad, you couldn't make a phone call and do. And, and fax, fax or and use the internet. And fax. Do you have a home Mental. fax machine? Yeah. That's how posh yeah. the Biddlestones were. Yeah, literally. Wow. Who was your dad faxing or your mum for that matter? Oh, uh, my dad loved a fax. <laughs> loved it. I mean, he set up his own business and so he and would work from home sometimes yeah. and stuff. So he'd be like, I need to be able to receive faxes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. We're getting to the end of our time together and I want to finish on a tender note. Someone asked me, I sort of did a couple of episodes back, did a, a kind of conversation actually with the sound engineer of a podcast studio that I use. But anyway, he was sort of asking me about my mum, my relationship with her. Mm. It was wonderful and therapeutic and cathartic and all that sort of, but he asked a really great and meaningful question, which was what has gone left unsaid Mm. between me and my mum? And I want to ask you the same question. What has gone left unsaid? Yeah, I'd love, yeah, there's so much I'd love to know. You know, I'd love to know, I think when, you know, you kind of want to know what your parents were doing and how they were feeling when they were the age you are now. Right. And so like, I want to ask her, you know, about sort of dating in mm. her twenties. She actually was married before she married my oh, dad. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Did she have, uh, do you have half? No, she like, didn't have any, any kids yeah. with him to be fair. But like, I want to know, you know, about like, how that came about and then why she dumped him, why she chose my dad and that kind of thing. And yeah. And I want to know more about her, like her childhood as well. Cause it sounds like it was pretty, tough it's kind of sad to lose people that you can have arguments with mm. do you know what i mean i would have liked persuading them around to my way of do you think you could have yeah or shifted them yeah, yeah, yeah brought yeah. them all the way yeah. so yeah what would they make of rishi sunak i think by now after the like turmoil of the last yeah few years they would yeah be anti-Tory. <laughs> really? Because oh, yeah, everything I mean, you said leads me to believe they were sort of still a bit diehard. No, to be fair, I mean, you know, I think they were just kind of classic sort of centrists, really. Mm. I think they would have, they voted for Blair in the Blair years. And then I think in 2010, they voted Conservative. I think they were like, there's no money tree kind of <laughs> kind of thing. But they would have voted like Remain for sure. Yeah. And I think they'd be like a bit over the sort of situation yeah. at the moment. Do you talk about your parents to friends and other mm. people? Like, is it widely known, the stuff that you've said today? Yeah, relatively, I think. And certainly, you know, obviously my school friends were kind of there, you know, with me and, and uni friends. So so they know, and lots of my school friends have their own memories of my mum, which is really sweet. I talk about it on stage a bit as well, kind of writing stuff at the moment about mm. it, got some jokes about it, which is quite therapeutic. Do you write about 
it because it's therapeutic or do you write about it because objectively it's just funny or is it a bit of both yeah a bit of both I think it's also like you know part of what you try and do on stage as well as making people laugh is say things that probably the previous comedian hasn't right you know what I mean and as you said you know when I walked in the room it is a little bit unusual to be like in your 20s and have lost both parents mm. so I'm like hi everyone <laughs> <laughs> I'm an orphan <laughs> <laughs> Although, as my brother reminded me, only one of my parents was dead when I was 18, so I'm only half orphan. You're only half orphan. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. but he, he shouldn't deny you of the yeah, come on. identity that you've taken for yourself. Something, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Where can people see you over the next couple of months? Yeah, all over the place. I think the best, if you just follow my Instagram, at Puffsaros, then. <laughs> and just to clarify, Puffs are us, like Toys are us. Like Toys are us, yeah. yeah. And Puff, everyone thinks it's spelled P-U-F-F. I think Coco Puffs has really done that. P-U-F-F. But it's P-O-O-F is how Puff is spelled. Oh, is it? Yeah, thank yeah, so you. What's the etymology, so to speak? Good question. I mean, I don't really know. But like P-U-F-F is a puff, like a puff of smoke. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. P-O-O-F is like a... A gay man. Uh, a gay man, yeah, exactly. Maybe it's from the like item of furniture. Like a poof. poof. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but that's called a poof. That's poof. So that's poof with an E on the end. Yeah. I, oh, God, this is an education for me. Wow. Okay, <laughs> there you thanks, go. Mark. Welcome. But yeah, mine isn't poof, Soros. I'm not saying I'm a, <laughs> I'm a footstool. <laughs> that's your grand yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me there. Awesome. Well, Mark Richardson, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've had a great time.